We have so many faithful people in the churches that do such a great and a wonderful job. We're so thankful, so appreciative, and uh, time is short. We need to do what we can do and should do. Uh, some years ago, the Lord brought to my remembrance the scripture about, um, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And um, he, he brought to my awareness that many people, many church-going people say that, but they're not practicing it. What do you mean? Coming to church occasionally is not serving the Lord. Coming to church is for your personal benefit, for you to get fed. That's not your service. Just you being a believer, believing that the Lord has saved you and you go to heaven when you die, that's not service. What is your service? Oh, it's too quiet. I said, what is your service? There are opportunities all over the body of Christ to serve. Your time is the most precious thing you have in service because it's, it's more valuable than money. You could get more money, but there's a limited amount of time. But your time, your talent, your treasure, these are what you serve God with. And so if the Lord deals with you to be a part of a a team or a part of doing something in the local church or part of helping something with some ministry, you cannot just send an offering. That will not suffice. Hmm? Right? That will not suffice. Uh, So uh, thank God for the Internet and TV. These things are wonderful tools. But you can't serve God remotely. You can't. You, you, you sit and watching is not serving God. Right? And much of what people call serving God is just all benefiting them personally. About them feeding, about them receiving. About, no, what is your service? What is your kingdom service? Don't, don't let this aggravate you. Ask the Lord. Right? Ask Him. And if you don't know right away, ask Him. And then be on the watch uh, and let him show you there are opportunities that you can serve. And you want to do that because, uh, you know, we are talking about this last night about the reward that comes after this life. You don't want to leave out of here empty handed. You want, you want to have done some service yes, so that you can uh, receive. You know, our, our righteousness is not based on our works. Our reward is. Come on, did y'all hear that now? Our, our righteousness is not based on our works, but our reward is based on what we do in this life. Look with me please in Luke, the 16th chapter. Luke 16. If you haven't been with us the previous two nights... I would encourage you to consider listening to or watching the, the previous ones because we've, a lot of foundation has been laid 
to get to where we are tonight. And if you want to go online, it won't cost you anything. There's no charge. And uh, we've been talking about the greatest key to increase. This is week of increase. The greatest key, I know that's a big statement, but the greatest key to increase is not, not sowing, though that's a key, not giving, though that's a key, not confession, though that's a key, not working, not diligence, though those are keys. The greatest key is faithfulness. Is everybody, everybody awake? Yes, sir. The greatest key, I believe you'll see that if you look at the scriptures with me, is faithfulness. In Luke 16, Jesus talked about the, the steward who was an unjust steward. A steward is a, a manager, a manager of an estate or a manager of a house. And it had been reported that this man this manager had wasted the, the master or the lords that he was working for substance. And we won't go through that again, but he had to, he was removed from his position, which he should have been. And we know he was unfaithful and, and the charges brought against him weren't without uh, reason because we saw what he did. When he saw he was going to be put out, he lied and stole some more. Unfaithful. And Jesus said this in Luke 16 and 10. And I'm going to read this to us from the NCV, the New Century. Luke 16, 10. Whoever can be trusted with little can also, can also be trusted with a lot. Whoever is dishonest with a little is dishonest with a lot. If you cannot be trusted with worldly riches, then who will trust you with true riches? And if you cannot be trusted with things that belong to someone else, who will give you things of your own? Now, there are three areas here. That the Lord reveals to us. And these areas are going to be where faithfulness is uh, revealed, tested, proven. Number one, with small things. With little things. Number two, what's the next one? Can you see? Worldly things. Natural things. And number three, with what belongs to others. Others. Faithfulness, if you look up the words, uh, it has to do with that which is firm, that which is reliable, that which is trustworthy. You can rely on it. You can trust in it. And faithfulness is being like God. For God is faithful. Hallelujah. And that's that's one of the greatest things about him. Is his faithfulness. Well, you and I are made in his likeness and image. 
And then particularly in the new birth, we are, we are born again in the likeness and image of Jesus. He is the firstborn among many brethren, and he is faithful. Jesus is the faithful and the true witness. Now we, you know, almost everybody uh, that goes to church much, they, they're quick to agree with that. And you should. And faith is reliance on his trustworthiness. Faith is reliance on his faithfulness. And we should know we can count on him. But that's not the only side of it. He wants to be able to count on us. Right? Faithfulness on our part. He's faithful, but he's calling us to be faithful. And the truth is, there's no excuse for not being faithful. There's, there's repentance, there's forgiveness, there's restoration if you're not, but there's no excuse for it. There's no justification for it. Because all of us can be faithful if we will, if we choose to. And one of the things that's involved in that is you need to see what it is. You need to see it for the character of God that it is and come to desire it and come to hunger and thirst after righteousness and godliness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To want to know him and his person and his ways for he is the faithful God. Oh, somebody say he's the, he's the faithful God that keeps covenant. With those that love him and to their seed after them to a thousand generations. Oh, somebody say faithful God, faithful God, faithful God. Well, you are his child. I am his child. And he didn't make unfaithful children. You have to yield to something else to be unfaithful. You won't get that from the Spirit of God. So um, I, I believe that the Word of God and the Spirit of God is stirring in us a fresh and a new and a greater hunger for faithfulness, to please God. Hallelujah. We mentioned last night that uh, Miss, uh, Miss Ruth Graham wife of Brother Billy Graham, they're both going to be with the Lord now, made a, a comment about her husband that I thought was so amazing. Somebody asked her about her husband, a particular thing, Brother Billy Graham, and she said, his wife said, uh, she had never met anybody in her life that had a greater desire to please God than he did. That is a testimony. Isn't it? She had never met, and of course, they've been all over the world. They've met all kind of people. They had all kind of wonderful minister friends. She said she'd never met anybody that had a greater desire to please God than her husband did, Brother Billy Graham. That's being like Jesus. I said, that's being like Jesus because he said, I didn't come down from heaven to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. I do always those things that please him. Jesus was and is the ultimate father pleaser. 
Huh? Is he? He is. And if you want to be like Jesus, that's what you'll be too. Is a Jesus pleaser and a father pleaser. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is your, uh, your delight to do his will. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I delight to do your will, O God. Now, you don't have to feel like that to choose to do that. In the early days of uh, uh, our ministry, I actually was riding in the car going somewhere, and I stopped at a signal and waiting for the light to change. And a revelation dawned on me. Great revelation. Say, what was it, Brother Keith? God is smarter than me. (laughs) God is smarter than me. You might say, Brother Keith, didn't you know that the day before? Not like I did then. What do you mean? I began to realize it, it, it just unfolded to me more. He made me. He knows me better than I know me. He knows what he has put in me. He knows the plan. He knows where I shine, where I don't, where I function, where I don't. Right? He he knows all that. And so if something comes up that uh, I say, you know, I want to do that, Lord. I want that, Lord. And he says, no, I don't want that for you. Then he's smarter than me. Oh, come on. Y'all with me or not? What what do I say? I can immediately, just by faith, I can say, right. You don't like it? I don't like it. And your flesh is still hollering, oh yeah, we like it. We want to do it. You say, shut up. God is smarter than you. Come on, you're with me? God is smarter. And there have been things in ministry that I thought, well, you know, that's, that's not my call. That's, that's just not me. That's, that, that's not my thing. And the Lord said, I want you to do that. You do not have to be rebellious for two years. And get in all kind of trouble before you decide to comply. You could believe that God is smarter than you. I said, you, you could believe. And, and he said, well, no, I, that, that's not me. That's just, I'm, that's not my thing. No, and God says, I want you to do that. You go, right. I mean, now that you... Now that you say that, that's the thing. And you, and your head will go, oh no, you say, shut up, shut up, head. God is smarter than you. Oh, come on, everybody said, I delight to do your will. Oh God. I delight. What does that mean? You, you enjoy it. You, you look forward to it. You, I delight. That's not based on what your flesh feels. That's a choice of the heart. And that's the choice of a faithful heart. So these three things. uh, Don't don't think you've you've heard this verse and you know all of it already. Uh, What three things did Jesus talk about faithfulness here in this passage? Faithful in what? Little things. Little things. Uh, little things are not a little thing. 
You know what I mean by that? A little job is not a little job if it has to do with the Lord's things. And with the Lord, like we said last night, it's always about the heart. With Him, it's always, not just about the natural details, it's always about the heart. And so people will say to you, oh, well, what's the big deal? It's just 20 bucks. Oh, what's the big deal? You know, it's just this, it's just that. What's the big deal? Well, little things matter. Jesus said if you're unfaithful in the little thing, you'd be unfaithful in a big thing. And he's right whether you think so or not. People have the idea, well, you know, I haven't got time for that. And that's just a little nothing thing. But if you give me something worthy of my talents, then you will see me rise to the occasion. No, according to Jesus, you will do the same thing you did with the little thing. Why? Because you are what you are. All the time. You don't flip a switch. If you were unfaithful and wouldn't obey God with a hundred dollars, you wouldn't do what he told you to do with a hundred dollars. How, if you got a million, does instantly the kingdom of God become a priority to you? When it hasn't been for the last 40 years. How did that happen? Because a bunch of money came to you. It didn't. It won't. You got more money, but you still got the same heart. Which is why Jesus told us, whatever you do with a little thing, you will do with a big thing. And whatever you do with natural things, worldly, riches, material stuff. This is one of the reasons the devil, oh, he hates this. And it's why even millions of church-going people think they despise folks like us who talk about giving, who talk about faith and sowing and reaping. Oh, man, there are millions of church-going people. They, they just think it makes them sick. And they don't realize that this is proving them. Every day of the week, the first murder on the planet was over an offering. And people say offerings don't matter. God don't care about those things. Really? He used to. (laughs) I mean, there are pages and pages about offerings. Have you noticed? There's a lot of material in there about these things. He used to care about it. When did he change? People say, well, God don't care about those natural things. He doesn't care so much about U.S. currency or about a car or a house. No. He made the universe. He's got a big vision. <laughs> but handling these things right now show your heart. They, they're, they're a proving ground. That's what this whole life is. Is a proving ground. Will you obey or not? Will you trust or not? And if you won't obey with five dollars, you wouldn't obey with five million. That is a fact. That's a truth that Jesus said. And the third one is, if you're not faithful in what belongs to somebody else. Have you ever heard the phrase, uh, they treat it like their own? Huh? 
Well, you know by experience that's not always the case, right? Because people do stuff with things that are other folks they would never do with their own. That's unfaithful. That's being unfaithful. And if you're not a good steward with what is someone else's, he said, but I'm going to paraphrase, you, you won't qualify to have your own, to get your own. There's a lot of light here. There's a lot of revelation here. Hmm? Would you like to have a top-of-the-line, brand-new automobile? Then watch for opportunities to bless somebody else's car. Hmm? Watch for opportunities to sow a seed into their payoff on their car. Or you might say, well, I don't have any money at all. Maybe you could wash their car. And detail it like it was your own. Something as simple as a tank of gas. Come on, you see what I'm talking about? The Bible said, Jesus said in Matthew 7, all things, whatever you would that men should do for you, do you even so for them. He said, this is the law and the prophets. This is, this is the, uh, you would say, the major principle of the kingdom. It's sowing and reaping. Whatever you would like for people to do for you, do it for them. Faithfulness is faithful in the little. Faithfulness is faithful with natural things. And faithfulness is faithful, dependable, trustworthy with things that belong to other people. Are you okay? Let's keep moving right along. Go to First uh, Corinthians, the fourth chapter. There's a lot to get to. Do you do you think you can stay with us for the duration? Huh? Now, utterance is greatly affected by the hearer. If you get tired of hearing it, I'll have to wind it up. You know, you know what I'm saying though. Really? And, and preachers, all of us, we, we need to be aware of that. Uh, the Lord said, don't cast your pearls before swine. What does that mean? Uh, don't give precious things to those that don't value them and don't appreciate them. There are a number of reasons why, one of which you can actually dull them to it. You don't want to keep trying to push something precious off on somebody until they get tired of hearing about it. That's a bad thing. You're better off, stop talking about it. Back off and, and ask the Lord to send laborers across their path. Somebody they'll listen to because they're not liking what you're saying. Hmm? And you're not the only one he can use. He can use you on somebody else. You can be, you can be the answer to somebody else's prayer. Right? And uh, while you're ministering to their family, he'll minister to your family. He does that kind of thing all the time. 1 Corinthians 4 and 1, and this is the Living Bible. 1 Corinthians 4 and 1 says, he said, So Apollos and I should be looked upon as, uh, this is the Living Bible, Christ's servants who distribute God's blessings by explaining God's secrets. 
Now, man, there's a whole thing here, which is not my intention to get into tonight. But one of the words for stewardship is dispenser, distributor. And you and I are, and he, he said that he and Apollos, who are ministers, an apostle, prophet, and a teacher, he said we are God's managers, managers and distributors. We're in business with God. We're in management. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm in management. <laughs> I'm in management. And uh, we're distributors, authorized distributors, kingdom authorized distributors of, of the grace of God, of the gospel of God, of the, the revelations. Revelation is so precious. We, 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 we have an idea that it is, but we really don't know how Precious it is. You remember the Bible talks about that angels desired to look into some things and to see them and know them. And they didn't and couldn't see it and couldn't get it for who knows how many eons. And then God reveals it to us. Oh, hallelujah. That's, that's why the psalmist said, you know, somebody said around there, what's a man? What is a man? That he gives them this kind of revelation. We won't be wanting to see that for, you know, 10 million years. And, <laughs> and revelation is not the product of intense effort or super intelligence. You do not study your way into revelation. Now, study is a part of it. But you can study till you fall out your chair. <laughs> And not come up with something, anything except weird stuff. (laughs) It takes the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God to reach inside you. Now, you need to be reading and praying and studying and looking and seeking and asking and believing. But you won't get it until He turns it on. Opens your eyes, shows it to you, and then you go, whoo, glory to God. Glory. I see it. I see it. I see it. And you'll know the truth and it'll make you free. Hallelujah. But you didn't, don't take the credit. You didn't figure it out. You didn't give it to yourself. You you can't do that. It, It requires him. But this revelation is so precious. Soap all of it from the revelation that you're lost without Christ, revelation of what he did for you on the cross, revelation of, of heaven and hell and eternity, all of these things, all of the word of God. These revelations are precious beyond any reckoning of price. Yes, sir. And what he has in our generation, he has loaded us with revelation. Is it true or not? I mean, in our generation? Oh, glory to God. Looking back, you know, back into the 60s and the, and the charismatic move and, and, and God bringing the, the teaching ministry and the prophet's ministry and apostle ministry to the forefront and the revelation that comes with that. And in these decades since then until now, revelation is flowing on an unprecedented level. 
We are seeing things that generations before us never saw. Never saw. Never saw. But it's not just a privilege. It's a responsibility. I said it's a responsibility. And we are now distributors of this light, of this revelation. We are dispensers of this. We are we're, we're stewards. And the very next phrase, he says, it's required in a steward that you be found faithful. Not, not, not just a good attribute. It's required. It's required in, in a steward like this that you be found faithful. I know some years ago when we first started our ministry, More Life Ministries, uh, we'd been in the ministry for a while, but we didn't have our own arm of ministry. And this was in the 80s, early 80s, I guess. And um, I was sit down, sat down to write my first partner letter. And I just had no witness about asking for anything. And so I thought, well, I don't have to. I thought, well, what, what do I say then? And I've never done it before, and so I'm, I'm, I, I said, Lord, I want to give. I want to give to my partners. What can I give? And just like that, in my spirit, he said, he said, son, the most precious thing you have to give to them is the revelation I give you. Oh, hallelujah. Is it true or not? That's the most precious thing you have to give. And that's when we started putting those little cassettes in the in the envelope and sending those and thank God for revelation. Thank God for the light of the truth. Thank God. It's our answers. It's our help. It's our strength. It's our healing. It's our everything. Well, there is light this week. There is revelation this week about the greatest key. To increase, including eternal increase. Not just increase in this life. Increase beyond this life. And it is the God-like character of faithfulness. Listen to what the Living Bible says about this. In uh, 1 Corinthians 4.2, he said, uh, we should be looked on, he said, Paul said, Apollos and I should be looked on as Christ's servants who distribute God's blessing by explaining God's secrets, mysteries, is what the King James says. Now, the most important thing about a servant is that he does just what his master tells him to do. I want everybody to read that out loud with me. You can repeat it after me. Now, the most important thing about a servant, a steward, is that he does just what his master tells him to do. Just what, what does that mean? Exactly what his master tells him to do. Now, if he or she will do that, and do that consistently. And do that when they're around. And do that when they're not around. What does that prove? They can trust them. They can trust them. Handling their resources. Because they will do. Even, even if they're not there in their absence. They will do what they told them to do. 
the way they told them to do it. That is faithfulness. Many have, have, have had complete wrong idea about this. Many people call diligence faithfulness. And it's not. You'll hear people talk about how hard they work. And they're willing to, to get up early and, and stay late. And, and they're willing to give extra and do extra. But they won't do what you tell them. They'll do it if they can do it their way. They'll do it if you'll just turn it over to them. And let them do it their way. And they think that's faithfulness. And it's not. It's not. It's diligence. Now the Bible is, uh, gives us record of numerous faithful people, faithful men and women, and we should look at them. And we don't have time to look at all of them. We could spend three weeks on Joseph. Mm. We could spend three months on Abraham. The Lord said, I have found him faithful. And I know he will instruct his children to do what I told him to do. That's God's witness about his friend Abraham. Oh, hallelujah. There's a reason why Abraham is Abraham. You know what I mean by that? Faithful. Faithful. God, I mean... God tell him to do something, he would do it. No matter what it cost him. And he'd do it right now. You can be that way too. I said, you can be that way too. I can be that way too. Noah, the Bible said, was was faithful. And uh, David was faithful. Person after person. Daniel was faithful. I want you to go over there and look at that for a minute. Go to Daniel. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm getting it. The light of God's word is shining in my heart. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Daniel, uh, Try to summarize this instead of take too much time with it. Um, Daniel 6, let's go there. Daniel 6 and 1. Daniel served several kings in his lifetime. More than one. And this is when... Darius uh, and his kingdom took over. And this was the, the biggest empire of the time, of the world at that time. It was, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, and that was the biggest thing, and now this is. And so it said it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents... Of whom Daniel was first. This is the preeminent spot. Just under, just under the king himself. Because 
This covers vast tracts of land and provinces and villages and towns and cities. So there are governors and representatives and this and that and the other. But over the whole thing is the king. And right under him are three. And number one is Daniel. This Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. He's got plans to give him even more power, even more authority. Why? It wasn't because he prayed all day. (laughs) Don't get upset. Are are you listening? Are you awake? (laughs) Darius, he's a king. He, uh, he, he's, what does he worship? Who does he worship? I mean, there's all kind of crazy stuff going on here. Daniel did not live in a perfectly godly environment. He lived in the midst of bizarre stuff. Bizarre, ungodly stuff. Why would Darius esteem him like this? And why would he give him so much control? See, this is stewardship. And why has he got plans to even do more? We'll read the rest of the passage. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. How many believe in God for amazing favor like you've never had before? Get ready for envy. (laughs) Get ready for envy like you've never experienced before. (laughs) Huh? How about hundredfold? Huh? Hundredfold. With persecutions. There's times I wanted to leave that off. But it's there. It comes with. You can't, you can't leave it off. I know. We were in one of these meetings a few years ago. And, and I said something about, you know, if, if an extra billion came into you in this area, you know, uh, people... A lot of people could be upset about it, and especially if you're a minister or a church or something like this. And uh, Miss Glory was sitting right there. She said, you'd get over it, Keith. <laughs> you, you'd get over it. And I thought, absolutely, I would, I would get over <laughs> People can fuss all they want to. I'd get over it. <laughs> but because, now, now, now here's something, friends. There's a lot of talk about favor, and there should be. But the favor of God is inseparable from faithfulness. I said the favor of God is inseparable from faithfulness. That's why the ultimate increase will not just be the result only of sowing and confessions and hard work. There's got to be faithfulness for God to add to you the greatest increase. You will have to be proven trustworthy. He'll have to know that he can trust you. 
And that will be proven by those three areas. What you did with a little. Right? What you did with natural things. And what you did with someone else's. That's how faithfulness is tried and proven. So, presidents, plural, and princes, plural, are upset that Daniel, a Hebrew, (laughs) and what was it, the kingdom of the Medes and, and Persia? A Hebrew has got the number two spot in the worldwide kingdom. It's just... Shouldn't be in their heathen eyes. And so they uh, sought to find occasion. What does this mean? They hired private investigators. I'm telling you. They installed cameras. <laughs> Not really. But they, you understand, these are princes. They got resources. These are, what did they do? They had people follow him around. They had people spy on him. They had people look at his paperwork. Come on, y'all listening. They had people rifle through his stuff. They had people question and grill and examine his close friends and, and all of this. They're looking for anything that they can find against him about his mishandling any of the, the king's affairs. In the kingdom, and after everything they could do, they could find none occasion, nor fault. Nothing. Nothing. And this was in natural things. This is in kingdom business affairs. This is not praying and prophesying. This is in natural business. The king's business. Here's the thing that I think has escaped many believers. Faithfulness to God is faithfulness to people. I said faithfulness to God is Faithfulness to people. If you're not faithful to people, you are not faithful to God. It can't be both ways. If you're not faithful with that which is another man's, that's unfaithfulness. Daniel was faithful to God above everything. That's why when they passed a law that he couldn't pray, he broke that law. Hmm? But he didn't break any other law. Come on, can you see this? He And he never hurt the king. He was faithful to King Darius. No matter how much of a heathen he was. Or how many crazy, bizarre parties he had. Or how much cruel stuff he did. Come on, y'all listening or not? He, he didn't live in a church. These guys did stuff you never heard about. Stuff you never should hear about. Some evil stuff goes on around there. And, uh, but he was faithful to the king 
Darius. Faithful to Darius because he was faithful to God. Oh, come on, can you see this? The reason he was so faithful to Darius is because he was faithful to God. And it was only when they passed the law between him and God that he had to demonstrate he's more faithful to God than anybody. But that didn't happen all the time. That didn't happen in every little situation. He did it Darius' way. He did what Darius wanted. He was looking out for Darius. He never talked about the king behind his back. Come on, y'all listening. You know he didn't agree with everything he did. But he didn't have anything to say about it. The Bible says a talebearer will go about revealing secrets, the proverb says. But he that's of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. Conceals the matter. Too many are talking too much. Too much talk. And, and, and Christians sometimes do it in the guise of, well, you know, I, I don't want to say anything, but I just wanted you to pray. And now they spill the beans. Unfaithful. Unfaithful. A number of years ago, I was in a meeting of ministers. It was a small meeting, and it was heads of some ministries, and it was very, very private. And the leadership started out by saying, nothing leaves this room. That wasn't any bad stuff. It just was supposed to be private. And I, when I heard that, I thought, I can't even tell Phyllis. Because they said, tell nobody. Hmm? Y'all with me or not? Nobody means nobody. Now, now you, you laugh about that. Why? Because people say, well, you know, they said don't tell anybody. But I'm going to tell you. And people that are not going to tell anybody, they have somebody they can tell. That won't tell anybody. But then they have somebody that they can tell. They won't tell anybody. We're laughing, but that's unfaithful. That is unfaithful. I, I sat through that. I understood why some of the things were private. Some things you don't want to give the enemy a chance to work and cause you a problem before you get it done or before you get it set in motion. Or the ungodly world. You, you, you want to get it together, get it formed, strike, and, and by the time people find out about it, it's already done. There's some wisdom in some of these things. Well, I drove home 20 minutes. I sat down in my chair, and the phone rang from the West Coast. Somebody asked me about, did such and such really go on in that meeting? I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I said, I can't say anything about that. Oh, come on, I already know. And they told me the whole deal. So somebody told them when they walked out the door. And then people wonder why leaders quit telling them things. Why won't you include me anymore? Why don't you? you can't trust you. 
A faithful man, the psalmist said, who can find? You know? Or the proverb said, uh, every man will proclaim his own righteousness, but a faithful man, who can find? They are not common. But they do exist. I think I'm looking at some. Oh, that was a perfect place for you to say. Amen. <laughs> I, I think I'm looking. Huh? And... If you were unfaithful this morning, you can change. I said, by the grace of God, you, you, you can get something changed in your heart. And by the power of the Spirit, you cannot do it again. You can say, no. Why? Because something is stronger in you than the pull. And, and we live in a post-it share world. And it's a problem. I said, it's a problem. People are posting everything and sharing everything and video, uh, videoing everything. It's not okay. A lot of things are not yours to tell. They're not yours to show. It's an invasion of privacy. It's unfaithful. We can't control what the world does, but the church is supposed to be different from the world. Different. Different. We have a different standard. Don't you like this? They, they sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. Now, this is not the kingdom of God. Whose kingdom? Darius' kingdom. But they couldn't find any occasion. They couldn't find one, one thing where he took some office supplies home. Y'all are laughing. They, they, they couldn't find one thing where he used company money on something that he shouldn't have. They couldn't find one thing. And so they finally concluded. They said, we won't find any occasion against this, Daniel, unless we find it concerning the law of his God. And that's when they manipulated that thing about passing the law. You can't can't pray the way Daniel did. But... All God did with that was a sign and wonder that our Sunday school classes still shout about today. Is that right? I mean, that's all, that's all he did with that. (laughs) Hallelujah. Go with me over to Joseph in the Genesis or go to Genesis. Talk about Joseph. Y'all believe in God with me? If you're faithful to God, you're faithful to people. Why? Because that's who you are. You don't just flip on your faithful switch. And sometimes you're faithful. And oops, it's off now. (laughs) Depending on who I'm dealing with. No, you're faithful because of who you are. Not because of who they are. Not not, Not if they deserve your faithfulness. You're faithful because of who you are. God's faithful no matter how many human beings are unfaithful. Amen. He doesn't change. And you're made in his likeness and image. And you're growing up and imitating him. And so you are, by the grace of God, faithful. No matter if people are faithful to you or not. Or if they treat you right or not. 
If they betray you, you're not going to betray them. If they lie on you, you're not going to lie on them. If they steal from you, you're not going to steal from them. You won't betray trust, not because of what they are, but because of who you are. Not doing it, try to impress anybody. It's who you are in your core. It's who your God is. You love that about him. And he has called you to be that. And you have made up your mind, I'm going to be that. I'm going to be that for him. And if I'm that way with him, I'm that way everywhere. That's just, if you're that way, you're that way. Everywhere. All the time. It's who you are. What you are. Faithful. Joseph, in Genesis 39... And one, Genesis 39 and one, he was brought down to Egypt. Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And the master saw that the Lord was with him. And the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him. Everybody say he served him. He served him. him. And made him overseer over his house and over all that he put it into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer. This is stewardship. In his house, over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. Can you see a recurring theme? Darius appointed Daniel the highest place, and he thought he's going to give him the rest of it. But so many times in our circles, we've thought, well, yeah, it's because of the blessing. It is. But why was the blessing on him? Come on, are you listening? You can't separate blessing from faithful. The blessing can be available to you, but there won't be manifestation of it if you're unfaithful. The blessing can be available to do something. But if you're not, if you're not faithful, you can, you can undo your own favor. You can undo your own favor. I've seen situations like this. Where somebody actually was believing God for favor. And it was beginning to happen. God was dealing with people to do things for them. And to work with them. And to help them. And they showed up having a bad day. And said and did something unchristian. And the person said, well forget that. I'm not dealing with them. They messed up their own favor. Come on, can you see that? It was working. But they came in and acted unfaithfully. And the person, everybody's got a will. God's not making anybody do anything. And so people can get disillusioned and go, well, I'm not helping them. Not with them acting like that. You might think, well, they should be more spiritual. Well, not everybody is. It's like people say, well, they have to forgive me. Actually, they don't. They're supposed to. But they got a free will. They can hold it against you forever. They don't have to. We really do have a free will. 
Are y'all okay? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? He left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not all that he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Why? Who did Joseph serve? Potiphar. Did y'all hear that or not? Who's he serving? Potiphar. Is Potiphar a godly man? Not that we know of. (laughs) We know his wife is not. (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. We we have no reason to think that Potiphar believed in, in Jehovah. Or served Jehovah. For all we know, they had 12 statues of idols in their house. Are y'all with me? Why did he trust Joseph so much? Because he was faithful. I said he was faithful. And every day, when Joseph got up and went to work, he was working for Potiphar. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. I said he was working for Potiphar. He was working for Potiphar's bottom line. Hmm? He was looking out for Potiphar. Who owned him as a slave. Oh, y'all not listening. Huh? Owned him as as property. But because he was so faithful... And see, things come back. Things come around. You know, you you can't fake faithfulness. Not long term. It just, you can't. Because unfaithfulness is going to rear its ugly head. Huh? And you're going to, you know, you've gotten by whispering about Potiphar behind his back. For six months, but in month seven, he came up behind you. You didn't know he was there. And he heard you. Is that right? And you've been dipping in the till and you've been, you know, pocketing a little extra money here and there. Because you're the one taking care of all of it. And you may get by with it for three years. But it can't last. And these kind of things, be sure... Your sins will find you out. It, it, it comes around. It, it reveals. But the same thing is true about uh, faithfulness. Phyllis and I, we've been in the ministry long enough now to know. Uh, people may think that you, you, don't, you don't know these things. You're not aware. But the Holy Ghost shows you things and, and tells you things. And he causes you to find out natural things. Because, for the protection of the church and the ministry and all these things. And... Um, uh, we've found out that, you know, some of our staff and some of our people, that people were grilling them and trying to incite a rebellion against them, against us on something. And they stood up and say, no, I believe in that. Well, we weren't there. But it got back to us. And it got back to Potiphar. Can you see that? It got back to Potiphar that when other people, because especially ungodly people that don't believe in God, I mean lying and stealing is everyday stuff. But Joseph 
wouldn't betray Potiphar. We know he was that way because when his wife moved on him, what did he say? He said, uh, uh, you are the only thing that Potiphar hasn't given me charge over. You're the only thing. And how could I sin against God? See, this, this has got nothing to do with desire. She might have been one of the most beautiful women on the planet. He's a young man. He might have had crazy desire. But he had something stronger. Oh, come on, y'all listening or not? He had something stronger. Which was, that's betrayal. That's being a traitor. He trusts me. Unfaithful. One of the definitions of unfaithful is treacherous. And betrayer. Betrayer. And the definition is betraying trust. Trust is faith. We're faith people. That should mean we're trust people. I said that should mean we're trust people. We've talked a lot about faith as a force. And it is. But the bigger part of it is faith as a heart character. I mean, trust as a heart character. Faith is of the heart. The trust and the trustworthiness. We know that we know why Potiphar promoted uh, Joseph like he did. He trusted the boy completely. Why? And see, you'll hear people say, well, that's what I want you to do. Just turn it over to me like he turned it over to Joseph. (laughs) And I'll show you what I can do with it. We already know what you'll do with it. You wouldn't listen with the broom. You wouldn't listen with the trash can. Hmm? You wouldn't take any correction. You got mad and pouted for three weeks. We'd be foolish to promote you. Because Jesus said you're going to do the same thing with the big stuff. Would you rather have a little problem or a big problem? (laughs) Are y'all okay or not? We know Joseph was absolutely honest with Potiphar's dealings. Wouldn't steal a dime from him. Never did anything behind his back. See, for one thing, God is faithful. God is the same. Right? Yesterday, today, forever. Faithful people are the same. They're the same behind your back as they are in front of you. Faithful people are the same. They talk the same. They act the same. They're the same. And so Joseph... Would not, he would not hurt Potiphar. And it wasn't because Potiphar was a perfect man. Or even a godly man. It's because it was his charge. It was his job. That's where he, that's not what he planned on being in life, but he finds himself the slave of an Egyptian. Fun? No. Huh? No. But he didn't get depressed. 
He didn't get negative and he didn't get mean and he didn't say, well, I'll take what I can and get what I can and it doesn't matter what I do against you. You're just an ungodly Egyptian. Uh-uh. He was completely trustworthy and Potiphar saw that and he kept getting back to him and he kept seeing where people would try to steer him against him, but he wouldn't do it. And over and over again, we know he was that way because when Potiphar's own wife put the kind of pressure on him that he did, he wouldn't, it's not, you can't say it was not because he didn't have any desire or anything like that. It was because he's faithful. And he said, no, he said, you're the only thing he has withheld from me. He's given me everything else. How could I sin against God? How, how could I do this? I can't do it. And he ran away. Somebody say faithful. 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 Can you take another one? Go with me. To 1 Samuel. 24th chapter. Can you take a little bit more? Some of these things, you know, you might not make you want to run the aisle at the moment. But man, you get faithful. And God begin to promote you. And increase you and add to you and give you greater and greater. You'll run then. You'll shout then. First Samuel. David was faithful. And one of the things the scripture said about him is that, um, well, let me back up a little bit. Eli's sons and were ungodly. And the Lord said, I've found me a priest after my own heart. That shall do according to my will. Some people have taken that phrase after my own heart and they've made it say all kind of things it didn't say. What does it mean, after my own heart? He goes on to say, that shall do according to my will. That's what it means, after his own heart. Is that you have a heart to not do your own thing. You have a heart to please him. You have a heart to do what he wants and do it his way. And Samuel was that priest. And that's in that passage is when the Lord said, those that honor me... I will honor. But then Saul was put up as king. Chosen of God and appointed. But Saul was unfaithful. Wasn't he? How, what was he unfaithful in? You know, he told him to go slaughter the Amalekites. To not leave anything. And he changed it. And he saved this, and he saved that. And people will say, well, what's, what's the big deal? I mean, and that's what he said. He said, I've done, I've done the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, well, what's these sheep I hear? And what's these cows I hear? I've done, and, and he was, he was persistent, and he was disrespectful to the man. I have done it. And, and after he was adamant a couple of times, uh, uh, the prophet looked at him and said, uh, the Lord has found him, somebody after his own heart. 
and the kingdom's taken away from you. Just like faithfulness will get you promoted, unfaithfulness will cause you to lose your charge. And, you know, folks try to say, well, what's the big deal? It's just a few sheep. With God, it's a big deal. Why? Because in the heart, it's a big deal. You'll either listen or, if you won't listen with sheep, right? You won't listen with something bigger. Jesus said so. If you won't, if you won't listen with somebody else's, you won't listen with your own. And so when David came on the scene, he, he was faithful. And, uh, when Saul felt threatened by him and began to pursue him, more than once, he had opportunity to kill Saul. Do you remember that? And his soldiers that were with him, they said, he said, my hand's not going to be against him. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. And his guys beside him said, well, well just, just, just go out the door a minute. We will take care of this. Just, just stand over on the side. I hit him one time. It'll be over with, okay? <laughs> and, uh, and what did David say? David said, 1 Samuel 24 and uh, 12, he said, The Lord avenge me, but my hand won't be on him. Because wickedness comes out of the wicked. The CEV says only evil people do evil things. So I won't harm you. 1 Samuel 26, 23, he said, The Lord rendered to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness, for the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I would not stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointed. What does that mean? We, we looked at the virtuous woman, the godly, faithful woman in Proverbs 31. It said, Her husband will have no fear of loss or damage, that she will do him good, and she won't do him any evil. All the days of her life, no matter that Saul is acting like a demon-possessed man and trying to kill him, Saul won't hurt him. Not because of, excuse me, David won't hurt Saul, not because of who Saul is, but because of who David, oh, come on, can you see this? Because of who David is. Faithfulness won't hurt you. Even if everybody thinks you deserve it. He said, well... If he doesn't, I'm again paraphrasing, if he doesn't change, he's going to get his, it's going to come, but not by my hand. I won't touch him. Faith, somebody say faithful. 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 You got to make up your mind. I, I, God told me to help you and that's it. I know when the Lord allowed us to help the Hagans some, brother, Hagen Sr. and Miss Aretha, the Lord showed me something when it first began. We were with them for like 20 years. And, and Phyllis and I knelt down in the kitchen when it began. And I said, uh, Phyllis, I, I, I perceive this. I said, the man's a prophet. He sees things. He knows things. You and I can't be having trouble. We can't be fighting. Uh, they'll know it. We can't be pulling on them. Uh, or it's they're better off not having us around. Come on, can y'all see that? Or not? Or not? And um, the Lord gave me some things. He said, "You are here to uh, to help. 
You're here to learn. You are not here to judge. Come on, did y'all hear that or not? You're here to help. You're here to learn. You are not here to judge. And you save yourself so many issues by just realizing that's nothing to me. Right? That, that's, that's nothing to me. And I'm here to help. Right? I'm here to help. I'm here to help. And your faith, you, you know, you, you do love people and you do believe in them. But even greater than that, you love God. And you believe in Him. And you're not looking to them. To promote you. Promotion comes from the Lord. Is that right? You're not looking to them. To acknowledge you. Or increase you. Or prosper you. Uh, We're not talking about. Relying on the arm of flesh. We're talking about faith in God. And faith in. That that if I am faithful. To them. And faithful to him. He will promote me. In the right place. At the right time. Which is usually later than your flesh wants it to be. (laughs) But he knows when is the right place and the right way and the right time. It's not your job to focus on the promotion. It's your job to be faithful. It's not your job to to look above or turn something more over to me. or, or And people think it's just by demanding you know, well, I've been here for X amount of time. When are you going to turn it over to me? Well, after this, it could be a while. <laughs> or never. Because if you think somebody owes you something, you've made it now impossible for them to be gracious to you. And everything in God's kingdom works by grace. Grace, which means it's a gift. You don't, you don't deserve it. You haven't earned it. It's a gift. Hallelujah. Can you say praise God? Praise God. Like Brother Hagin, you should say amen or oh me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's praise him for just a moment. Lift your hand. Begin to thank God for his grace, for his mercy, for sustaining and helping. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I worship you. Come on, let's praise him for a moment. Just close your eyes and focus on him. Lord, I worship you. I worship you. Let me lead you in a prayer, and then let's pray in the spirit just just for a bit. Say it out loud. Father God. In, in any area that I have been unfaithful, reveal it to me, and, I, and I'll repent. It's not my desire. I choose to be like you, to be like Jesus, to be faithful. Open my eyes and remind me and show me what I should see right now about faithfulness. To you and to those you've assigned me to. Help me, Holy Spirit, to pray out mysteries concerning this right now. Come on. Come on. 
Kandas gani vent mantachiti. Deji nandi vombalan maname tele plek mankia eke peshke gia. Dalek zongo vomantata kero bon baroche. Dega veima yeto soda kana geshta yara. Oh veima, oh veima, oh veima. Vima. Yeso vima. Yeso vima. Yeso vima. Yeso vima. Yeso vima. Yeso vima. By the grace of God, I will be faithful. Hallelujah. By the grace of God, I will be faithful. By the grace of God, with the Lord's help. I will be be faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's one more thing I want to share with you before we we wind it up tonight. Did you say you had time? Yes. With uh, Moses, repeat a New Testament, Old Testament, he is called faithful. Faithful. Even mentioned with the faithfulness of Jesus in the same verse. Faithful. Moses is a faithful man. And one of the things that you see about his faithfulness, you'll see in the scriptures where it keeps repeating the same phrase. Exactly. And you can see, why do you need to keep repeating this phrase? I mean, we got the thought, you know, 12 verses ago. Well, when the Bible repeats something, there's a reason. And in Exodus 40, for instance, when he told him, he'd given him the instructions about the tabernacle. Verse 16 said, Thus did Moses, according to all the Lord commanded him, so did he. Why say it that way? What do we see in 1 Corinthians 4? The most important thing about a steward is that he does... Just what his master tells him to do. And uh, so verse 17, 18, 19, Moses reared the tabernacle. He put the sockets. He spread the tent, verse 19, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then he took the testimony and the ark and the staves and the veil and the covered, verse 21, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then he got the table and he got the bread, verse 23, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then he got the lights, verse 25, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then he got the golden altar and he got the incense as the Lord commanded Moses. What does that mean? He did it just exactly. Just exactly. Like God told him to do it. And you begin to see why God uh, chose him instead of somebody else of all the people on the planet at that time. In fact, when Aaron and Miriam acted disrespectfully concerning Moses, he answered them personally. And he said, if I speak to a prophet, I'll reveal myself to him, you know, in vision, that kind of thing. He said, Moses is not like that with me. He is faithful in all my house. How are you not afraid to speak against him? And that's when Miriam, when she left, judgment hit her. Leprosy came on her. And Moses cried out and said, heal her right now, God. <laughs> and he did. It was They had to learn some things, but... Moses was faithful, and yet he made a big mistake. 
And one good thing to see about this is we're going to see Moses in heaven. Even though he made some mistakes. The Bible said about David that David was faithful, faithful, except in the matter of Uriah, the Hittite with Bathsheba, a blemish on another word, otherwise impeccable record. But we're going to see David. I said, we're going to see David in heaven, right? Yes. And if you got a couple of blemishes, <laughs> rejoice. That's why we're glad the Lord said, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a, a few things. But you guys didn't say everything. <laughs> a few things be ruler over much. It's not just what you do. It's not just how you mess up. It's what you do last. Are you with me? You can mess up terribly, but if you're willing to repent, and if you're willing to commit yourself to be faithful in the end, that's it. God, your sins won't even be mentioned to you. I'll remember it against you. Washed by the blood. Notice in this instance, this mistake that Moses made. Numbers 20. Numbers 20 and 7. These things are important. Very important. I hope you can be with me, be with us uh, the next couple of nights too. Friday night, there's there's some things we need to get to. And and, um, can't do it all in one night. But we're laying, laying, what were they singing earlier? Working on a building. We're God's building. Numbers 20 and 7. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the rod, gather you the assembly together, you and Aaron, your brother, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will give forth the water, and you'll bring forth them water out of the rock. And so you'll give the um, uh, congregation and their beast drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock and did not do what the Lord commanded. I know I said that, but that's what happened. It is a break in what we keep seeing on this recurrence. He did, even as the Lord commanded Moses, so did Moses. Even as he commanded, so did Moses. But this time... He did not do what the Lord told him to do. He said, hear now, you rebels. Must we fetch you? Whoa, 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 whoa. We? We? Are we going to have to get water out of this rock for you rebels? Friend. No matter who you are, no matter how graced and anointed you are, you got to watch about your environment affecting you. He lives with millions of rebels, defiant, stubborn people. They never make anything easy. They always do things the hard way. Fight against him half the time. And he's... He's done month after month excellently. The Lord told him, 
And that's exactly what he did. God said he's faithful. But he's having a bad day here. He's fed up with this bunch. Thinking about resigning. Leaving this church. There's some minister friends of ours some years ago. Oh, this is 30 years ago. Good people. Love God. Started a church from scratch. Uh, even built part of the building himself. He was a carpenter and great people. And after Christmas one year, he calls the RMAI director there, part of Rama Ministerial Association, and, and he said, you better get somebody to come up here and take this church because I'm done. <laughs> he said, what? what do you mean? I thought you just got your new building done and, and everything. He said, yeah, but I'm, we've had it. And you just get somebody to come take it. And he said, well, now hold on, hold on. What, what do you mean? He said, uh, you told me uh, how spirit, you know, with an experience, God showed you how to get there. And, and did he did he send you there? I guess so, but you better get somebody to come up. He said, well, is he telling you to leave? Well, I, I don't want to talk about that right now, but you you better get somebody to come up here. He said, um, well, just tell me what, what brought all this on? Quiet on the other end. And then he said, do you know what the entire congregation got together and gave my wife and I for Christmas? He said, No. He said, a five-by-seven picture of Jesus. A five-by-seven picture of Jesus. The whole congregation got together and gave that to my wife and I for Christmas. He said, they don't appreciate anything we've done. They don't appreciate us. Why do we need to stay here? Get somebody that wants to come. And the man he was talking to was a wise man. He said, did the Lord direct you to go there? He said, well, you know he did. We've talked about it. He said, did the Lord tell you they would appreciate you? <laughs> he said, well, did he promise you they would, they would appreciate you? He said, well, he didn't say anything about that. <laughs> Has he told you to leave? He said, well, I can't say to He said, well, then I recommend you stay and listen to him. And he did. Thank God. He did. And had a wonderful ministry for years. Uh, what, what are we talking about with all that? Any of us can have a moment. Right? Yes. Moses is having a moment. But you know what the Bible says? Be ye angry and don't sin. Just because you get upset doesn't mean you got to miss God. You can't control yourself. And he hits the rock. Then he hits it again. And the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank. And their beast, their beast also. Do you know that great miracles can happen? And the ministers are in trouble with God? A manifestation of a miracle does not approve everything the minister does. 
or believes or says. It's possible that a miracle can happen and the minister has missed God greatly. And out of mercy, God has done something. God has met people's faith in the congregation and miracles happen in spite of what ministers were doing. This has happened more than once. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, I mean right there on the moment. As as the water is coming out of the rock, God speaks to them immediately. He says, because you didn't believe me. This is exactly the same word translated faithful. Same word translated faithful in other places in the King James Bible. Because you weren't faithful to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you will not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. If you think that is too harsh, you don't understand faithfulness. It's too quiet in here. Do you remember later on, some time had passed, and they're at the border to go in. And Moses is aged, and yet he's still in good health. And he said, Lord, we're here. (laughs) I, I see the land. Can I go in? The Lord said, no. You rebelled against my commandment at those waters. And you didn't sanctify me. Now, what does that mean? One definition of sanctify here is separate or distinguish. What does it mean? He didn't do what God told him to do the way that he told him to do it, showing it was God who was doing this. He's acting like he's doing this. And that is unfaithful. If you're not faithful in that, which is another man's. We need to be quick to point out if people try to give us credit for things or try to give us glory on something. We need to be quick. Not just with God, but with the people we work with and serve with. And they start trying to thank us and make a big, we say, well, no, no. Now they sent us. They're the ones that did it. We're just the messenger. No, they paid for it. They, they paid for that. Come on, are you with me or not? This is the, the same thing that happened here had happened not too far back with Nadab and Abihu. You remember them sons of Aaron? God had manifested, I mean spectacularly, in fire falling out of the sky. You talk about astounding miracles. And so they decide they're going to capitalize on the momentum of fire manifestations. <laughs> now you're laughing. People do this all the time. And, and so they went and got fire. And they're going to parade around. Why? Acting like they had something to do with the fire falling. Come on, can you see this? They're starting a new fire ministry. Didn't last long. 
the Bible said they were they offered unauthorized fire. What does that mean? God did not tell them to do that. Come on, can you see that? And and it, people say, well, it, you know, it's just a little mistake. It is not a little mistake. It wasn't the fact that Moses is out there and he hit the rock and he went, oh, oops, oops, I was supposed to speak to that. That wouldn't have been that serious. Why was it so serious that God said, no, you're not going in and Aaron's not going in and don't bring it up to me again. Didn't he say that? You remember reading that? Don't bring it up to me again. Why? Numerous reasons. God is fair. God is just. One of the things we need to see right now in 2021 is what faithfulness is. And how serious unfaithfulness is. How serious it is. Unfaithfulness is disqualifying. Phyllis and I talk about it and pray about it. We're, We're pastors. And we love our people. And we love our fellow ministers and friends. And the longer you go, you see people missing out on things. You see people. Sometimes years are going by and things are not happening that are supposed to be happening with them. And you you, you can only say so much. And sometimes you can't say anything at all. But the thing is, people act like you know they don't know. And here's the danger. If you're not a doer of the word. You become self-deceived. What do you mean? If the Lord shows you something clearly, you need to repent. You need to change. You need to do it. You need to serve. You need to submit, whatever the case might be. If you decide to put it off or not do it and months turn into years, what happens is you'll get to a place where you think you did it. Or you think you complied somehow because it's so old and in the past. And now you'll be looking for what's wrong and what the problem is. And you know what the problem is. But you've deceived yourself. That's why it's so important that we walk in the light. When we get it. We implement it immediately. And don't give the enemy a chance to confuse us. And and, and delude it over a space of time until we become self-deluded and self-deceived. But the issue is faithfulness. You, You can't trust people that won't listen to you. You'd be a fool to. This is the number one problem on the planet. What do you mean? Won't listen. The masses won't listen to God. Won't listen. Won't listen. We've all made mistakes. But you can have a heart to obey. A heart to submit. A heart to be faithful. And if you do miss it, quick to repent. Is that right? If you do miss it, you, you, oh, ha sekere vendi pasha. You give the enemy no place. You, you refuse to sit and sulk and blame others. You humble yourself 
and you acknowledge your mistake and your shortcoming. And as surely as you do, I give grace to the humble. The moment your heart bows before me in humility, my flow of grace will come to you like a river. It will flow to you and you will be helped. You will be greatly helped until you overcome the weakness of the flesh. Until you overcome the failures of the past. Until you overcome the lies and the hidden device of the enemy. And you break free and you come into the full measure of your call and grace. And you will be fruitful. And it will be fruit that lasts and remains and it will satisfy your heart. And it will fulfill you like nothing ever has or nothing could. For when you are faithful to me, you can be sure I will always be faithful to you. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Stand on your feet, please. Hallelujah. Praise you.